part of the Press Play Podcast Network. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up to the layup. Oh, blocked by James. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. What's good, Breakers? That sound means it's time for Cavs on the Break NBA podcast, part of the Press Play Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chase Smith. Sam Amico and JIA are sitting this one out tonight with me. He anchors sports over at our good friends at Fox 8. He's the host of Sable Brothers on the baseline right here on the Press Play Podcast Network. John Sable. John, what's up, my man? Chase, what's happening, buddy? Not a whole lot. Uh, welcome back. You were out of town you were sailing the high seas getting some time away <laughs> you, you look great it's good to see you feeling good um that i can't wait to talk basketball with you man yeah it's, it's amazing leaving northeast ohio in the middle of winter and going on a caribbean cruise will do for you you know re-energize the old batteries and <laughs> it's funny I was, I was texting you guys sitting at a bar on a boat <laughs> while yeah. tracking trade deadline texting you jeremy and sam and getting all the calves, what ifs. And of course, like we kind of all predicted nothing would happen, which by the way, did you know the calves were one of just two teams that did not make a deal before the deadline in the NBA? That's wild. That's wild. It's I insane. I, I wanted Josh Richardson really, really badly. Uh, you, uh, you were on the Josh Richardson train. That's for sure. Dude, I was, um, but you know, I, we, we held the line, John, we did not make a move. As you said, opting instead to jump on Danny Green in the buyout market. Um, Coach Bickerstaff said all the moves he explored would have been lateral moves. And we talked about this on our pod. He yep. would not make a move just to make a move to jeopardize what they have going on in the locker room. Uh, and he, he, it's like he listens to the show because he said, I want to see what this team is like fully healthy. And and John, I, I I think those words came out of my mouth. I don't want to. I'm not one to brag. Everyone who listens knows I'm not one to brag about what I've done, what I've played, what I've said. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure those words came out of my mouth. How you feeling about the Cavs? Sam put at the deadline, man. Yeah, those words did definitely come out of your mouth. And uh, JB clearly was listening to the podcast. <laughs> Friend of the pod. Let's get him on. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, we we kind of touched on all the options in our mega pod before the deadline what were the Cavs options and we all tried to mix and match who fit where why it would be a good idea why it wouldn't be in all the grand scheme of things we all kind of consensus between us four it just probably they're going to stand pat there's just not a move out there that's going to move the needle for them and they really didn't have the assets to do that and so you got to go back to Cavs media day when we were there when Colby Altman said he's not putting a ceiling on this team and it's you know, it's not necessarily champ playoffs or bust. They would like that, but you know, they're they're still feeling themselves out with Donovan Mitchell and this young group. They're growing together. That alleviated so much pressure off this team, and they're still gonna have bumps in the roads and growing pains in which they have had and continue to go through. Although right now they've won seven straight after beating the Spurs tonight. But you know, having that mentality puts this Cavs team into, into a not a pressure position to make a move just to make a move. And I think it was really smart. Um, GM Mike Ganzi said something really interesting in the pregame broadcast on Bally Sports Chase. He said that the I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he said sure. something along the lines of having Ricky Rubio back healthy and contributing off the bench made them really not want to make a move. I don't think we really talked so much about his impact impacting them 
potentially making trades or not. You could play the hypothetical game. Had Rubio had setbacks or had him not come back effective, and now we're seeing him grow and grow and grow and get kind of back in the swing of things, then you might have seen the Cavs make a move. But the fact that he has progressed well and continued to uh, contribute off the bench and give a, give a boost to, to the front court, I mean, yeah, well, not only speaks volumes, not only Rubio, but Dean Wade, right? I mean, another player who yeah. the Cavs have gotten back over the last two or three weeks that plays minutes that provides kind of what the Cavs needed a little bit of three, three and D. Now it's not like the like stop the presses. Dean Wade's back on the team, but no, but he, he, yeah, he's serviceable. And all of a sudden he's filling in those minutes that Kevin Love was, you know, do- doing his his best to play. Um, I'm fine with the move. Now, what I think is interesting, though, uh, Mr. Sable, is uh, the Cavs running again with Danny Green, right? Which, yep. um, yeah, you know, would you rather have Danny Green or Josh Richardson? Now, I, 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 and I guess Danny Green plus your second round picks or like, I don't know. I just like, why not? If you're going to go for a player that's almost the exact same size and can do almost everything that he like, why I guess like because Danny Green, you know, is going to be a good locker room guy. And he's like, I, I don't know, maybe that mattered. But I'm looking at that move and I was like, OK, I I, I get it. But, but it, why if you're doing that? Why not go for my guy, Josh Richardson? I think the big thing, and if Sam were here, he would say the same thing. You're, you're looking at a guy in Josh Richardson who probably would have required a lot more in compensation in, in any deal that they were going to even ask for, you know. If if that was available, you know they were probably asking a lot more than what probably the Cavs would have wanted to give away. Um, or, or the other thing is too, Danny Green's coming cheap. I mean, he's yeah. two year deal. They haven't announced the deal yet. They're still going through the works, but it's a one year deal worth two million dollars. So you're giving him more of a veteran presence too. That's the other thing: a, a veteran presence with playoff and championship presence. Yeah. In a guy who is a great locker room guy, and I'm not really sure if Josh Richardson is or isn't. I, I would like to right. give him the doubt that he is. Sure, but the, to make a move just to make a move wouldn't make sense. But they're also very meticulous on the moves that they make because they they want the chemistry and and personality yes. and maturity to fit with those guys, and that is one of the reasons why they continue to talk up Isaac Okoro. And my boy continued to rave about him. And he's made some strides in the last few weeks. He's got to give the kids some credit. You know, he has. Um, he's one of the reasons why, I mean, you know, they love him so much and, and they love what they have with Karis LeVert as well. And, and, you know, Sam has mentioned this before. We've heard it um, about Karis LeVert in terms of them wanting to potentially bring it back next year, mm-hmm. albeit probably on a smaller term deal. So, yeah, I mean, like, listen, Chase, we would have loved to see some type of a little, not a, not necessarily a splash, but like a you know a little drop in, in in the water, make some type of ripple movement. But this in reality, the Cavs did not have the pieces to make any move, and really, they're not in a position now to want to make moves just to win. They're already winning. You know, yeah. they're going to go in the playoffs. They're going to be a four or five well, seed. They'll be fine. That that type of move that fans may would like, and I think most of the fans totally agree and are happy with this decision. But the move that maybe we would have loved to have seen to make that a you know big splash. That may be a year or two down the road. But keep in mind, that was also back in the summer, and that splash was Donovan Mitchell. Sure. You know, I think the Cavs had pieces. They had second-round picks, which were going off. I mean, th- that was the 
that, that was the price for whatever you wanted were second round picks. Right. And so I, I think it, it, I think honestly, it came down to like, how is this player going to fit within our current team? Are they going to understand their role? And I think when you add Danny Green's familiarity with Cleveland, uh, likable guy and his playoff championship experience, I think it just made sense all around. Um, it's a very low risk, uh, very, you know, I don't want to say a high reward because he's maddening as a player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, let, let like, me ask you this. To go back to Josh Richardson point, sure. you mentioned what uh, Spurs gave up four second round picks and what Devonte Graham. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you look at Devonte Graham's and I was just thinking about this as you were uh, not to cut you off, but no. if you look at what he is doing or what he did this past year with what uh, new Orleans, mm-hmm. I mean, it, his numbers continue to drop uh, and his usage has continued to drop. Who's a better player, Devonte Graham or like an Isaac Okoro? Like, would the Cavs really would like to give up a player like that and four second or four second round picks for a guy that's going to be a free agent at the end of the year? And Josh Richardson, I just don't think. Yeah. I was just looking up his numbers and I was looking up his, his his salary and his contract details. That move, I don't think, would have really made a lot more sense to kind of to answer your original question. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. how you, do you like the Danny Green signing? And I do like the Danny Green signing for all those other reasons. I, you know, I think that we don't know how much he's got left in the tank coming off ACL surgery, right? Yeah. Uh, but you don't need a lot from him anyways. He's kind of your, you know, th- wing three and D guy, but it's also more of a, he may get what, six, seven, eight minutes. If that, yeah, you know? so we are texting in the Cavs on the break group chat. And Sam's like, if he plays more than seven minutes, we're in trouble. Like Sam. <laughs> <laughs> and I replied, yeah, more like six and a half. Yeah. I mean, I think you're going to see a lot more, um, more coaching, in leadership Danny Green's going to provide than probably production. When you do get in the playoffs, your rotations shrink. Yep. And you, he may style not see, of basketball. Yeah. He may not even see the floor. I mean, but you're still going to have some impact there, which you'll never find in a box score. You know, I'll say I, this I, I about Danny. Works. I'll say this about Danny Green. He's not afraid to take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> He's certainly not, man. He is. He, he was a chucker in his time with, uh, at times in, um, one of the Lakers that Lakers season, Dude, not so much not, in San Antonio because Greg Popovich had him c- control a little. Not bit. afraid to take a shot. Yeah. Here's okay. This so let me let me let me tell you a little bit about Danny Green. The Cavs originally drafted Danny Green. Yeah, in the 2009 draft, the 46th pick, uh, accomplished, celebrated, national champion at North, North Carolina. Carolina. I and I love that pick when they drafted him. I remember yeah. so excited. I'm like, they fell, they fell in the second round. Oh, this is great. Yep. Did but you know? He was not able to break that rotation with LeBron and those teams. No, that Danny Green set the NBA record for most three-point field goals made in an NBA Finals series with the Spurs in 2013. No, what was the number? 27 was the record then. He no longer wow. has the record now. John Sable, do you want to guess hmm. who has the current record for most three-point field goals in an NBA Finals series? Steph Curry. Correct. He uh, actually has three of the top four spots <laughs> of <laughs> three-point field goals yeah. made in NBA Finals Series. Seth Curry is at one. Seth Curry's at two uh, with 32 and 31, respectively. Danny Green comes in at number three at 27, and Seth Curry's at number four. Do you want to guess who's number five? What was that last number? What did he have? Uh, and... Yeah. So uh, it's like I think 
Uh, he had 26. Steph 26 Curry is number four. Number yeah. Would it be Clay Thompson? Yes, it is Clay Thompson. How about that? Two names off the. What do I win? Uh, dude, you, you win an all expense. <laughs> do I get the junkyard dog award? You, you will get the junkyard dog award tonight. Yeah. Uh, but just to tell you how a little bit of the game has changed since even then, um, Seth Curry also comes in at six and number seven. So five of the top seven, yeah. m- most three points. So Danny Green is a shooter. I remember when he was making all those for the Spurs. I was like, man, why can't the Cavs ever find a player like that? <laughs> I was like, oh, I yeah, know. we had him. And then he wasn't like that. Well, you think about it. That time when he was with the Cavs, that 2009-2010 season, LeBron's last year, mm-hmm. you know, he only played 20 games that year off the bench. I mean, 13 years later, Age 35 now, five teams later, he's back in Cleveland. I mean, it is kind of crazy. He just didn't – he wasn't going to break that rotation of that year. And then after that, the Cavs, I think – I don't know if they released him and then who the Spurs picked him up and then he flourished with San Antonio. But, yeah, I think it's a great move. Um, not announced yet. Should be announced soon from what we're hearing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the production, you're not going to get much out of him. But you're given that presence, a veteran championship-level experience, which this team desperately needs besides Kevin Love. All right. Um, and, and, you know, real quick, um, back to that trade deadline before we I, I want to throw out some things here that we I kind of glossed over real quick by saying at the top of the pod that the Cavs are one of two teams not to make a move, which is insane. Chase, think about how crazy this trade deadline was. Twenty four total teams made uh, made 12 different trades involving 50 players on the deadline. It's amazing. That's 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 crazy. Tw- last year had 16 teams made 10 trades involving 35 players. So Th- that, and that includes this year's 24 teams involving 12 trades and 50 players. That includes eight former current NBA champions traded, including so, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And two currently, traded, Durant and Westbrook. Okay. Currently the Cavs are the fourth seed. The Nets were the fourth seed. Um, are the Nets going to make the playoffs? John Sable. I don't think they are. Oh man. Maybe play in. And so but but that's that that's a moot point because what I'm trying to say is the Cavs have they secured a playoff spot already? Yeah, I don't I think Brooklyn falls. I, I here's the thing. They are five and a half. No. Yeah, they're definitely gonna fall into the playing game. I'm 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 marking that down. Guarantee that. Here's the thing. If they do fall, some team has to jump up and jump in. Who's that going to be? The Heat. Is it New York? Is it Atlanta? I mean, Miami's going to just – if the Cavs lock in the four, Miami's going to lock in the five. Who locks in the six? Yeah. It's going to be either New York or Atlanta, right? The Bulls. So, uh, at least the Bulls? I can see the Bulls, yeah. Wow, they got a lot of game. Eh, maybe. Maybe the Bulls. Okay. Anyways, let's not talk playing game because the Cavs aren't going to be playing in that, thankfully. That's a fact. The better question is here. This is a conversation in a pod in a month from now, but I'm just going to mm-hmm. throw it out there for the Cavs. Let's do it. What seed would you like them to be in? If they continue to roll and get hot, you want them to go three? Yeah. And here's the thing. Do you lap if you lap Philly, let's just say only because that's them. what I predicted at the beginning of the season. You guys gave me crap for it. <laughs> You're almost better off staying at four or five to play Brooklyn. Because if you go to three, you're going to face Miami, a much tougher matchup. Well, if Miami four, four plays five, right? Four plays five. So the Cavs would play Brooklyn. 
oh, no, Miami's going to get the five seed. They're going to be knocking on our door at the four seed. We need the three seed so we can play the Bulls lot like those. Well, if if that were to stay true, if the Cavs get the three seed and Miami moves up the five, Philly falls to four, then your six seed will either be a combination of those uh, New York, Knicks, Atlanta, Bulls, Washington, Ho- Toronto, whatever, Hawks. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah, of perfect. Ball left. And that's assuming Brooklyn doesn't fall all the way off the. Let's do that. Like that. And then let's, let's play the, the Bucks with the one seed and let's beat Giannis. And then we got the Celtics for the Eastern Conference Finals. Man, wishful thinking. I love your I love How what you're thinking there. Thinking? We match no, up I, way just, better against the Bucks and the Celtics. Oh, the the Boston's the, I think Boston and Philly are I think are a worse matchup for the Cavs than than uh, Milwaukee yeah. even with Giannis. Now Middleton's come Middleton's back. That that throws a little wrench in everything too. Anyways, that that's a pod for a different day because this is post trade deadline right before the All-Star John, break. I hope so much for- can change. I hope for your sake and Sam's sake and Jeremy's sake, the Cavs don't get the three seed because if if it comes to fruition that they like it's just it's it's not going to be good for you guys. Well, hey, let's take a quick break and hear from one last time about our good friends at DraftKings. We come back, we're gonna talk about how the Cavs are burning hot this Valentine's Day, February. They've won seven sure. We're gonna talk about that, and then the big game against Philly. On Wednesday, when we come back, Cavs on the Break, NBA podcast. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is officially live in Ohio. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports anytime and anywhere right here in the great state of Ohio with DraftKings. And for a limited time, new customers who sign up with the promo code P3CAVS will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly. DraftKings says the best features including same-game parlays, player props, and more with fast and easy payouts right at your fingertips. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. New customers can use promo code P3CAVS to get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Remember, use the promo code P3CAVS. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You must be 21 years or older. Physically present in the state of Ohio. Valid one offer per first-time depositors who have not already redeemed $200 in free bets via pre-launch offer. Minimum $5 deposit in wager. $200 issued as bonus bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com OH for terms. What's up, everyone? I'm Holly Wetzel. And I'm Tigers Powell. And we are your hosts of the Orange is Oranger, a Cleveland Browns podcast on the Press Play Podcast Network. We give you all the dog pound coverage that you'll need to get you through the regular season, hopeful postseason, and I'd say off-season, Tyvis, but is there really ever an off-season for this team? Thankfully for our podcast, Holly, there really never is when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. Don't miss our breakdown of each week's matchup, game recaps, and any and all news out of Berea to feed your Browns appetite. As we know, Holly, dogs gotta eat. Yes, they do. So hit that subscribe button and never miss an episode of the Orange is Oranger, Cleveland Browns podcast on the Press Play Podcast Network. Looking for new insights on the Cleveland sports scene with a unique side of Cleveland sports history? Then you found the perfect podcast. 
I'm John Sable. And I'm Scott Sable, and we're hosts of the Sable Brothers on the Baseline podcast, a podcast about Cleveland sports, but not your typical podcast about the land's sports teams. Join us as we embark on a journey of sharing a unique and historical side of Cleveland sports history with the help of some former Cleveland sports stars and other historical figures. All right here on the Sable Brothers on the Baseline podcast, part of the Press Play Podcast Network. The R&R Podcast going to be rocking and rolling with you because football season is underway. College, Ohio State, the Power Fives, the Mac, the Browns. Michael Regai, are you ready to rock and roll with some football? Kenny, I've been ready. This is our time of year. This is what R&R is all about. We're going to be with you every week. Kenny just said it, Browns, NFL, Ohio State-centric. So you got to stay with us all fall and winter long here on R&R. That's right, the Reg Eye and Rhoda podcast coming to you here on the Press Play Podcast Network. Subscribe now and don't miss a show. Hey, everybody. I'm Gary. And I'm Jason. Opening cards as a kid, no matter what was in the pack, you always had that stick of chewing gum. Well, it turns out Gary and I opened up a box of 86 tops last year, and let me tell you, The chewing gum does not age well. Join us on the Ball Card Show. The sports podcast for the sports collector. We are back with John Sable, Cavs on the Break, NBA podcast. John, thanks for doing a great job with those DraftKings ad reads, man. That's just fantastic. Hey, man, you know, it's it pays to read, I guess. Are you allowed to gamble uh, Fox 8? Like, is that something you guys are allowed to do? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Okay. It's a good but, answer. But for the record, I have not yet. It's a good so, answer. It's yeah. A great answer. Well, I have. And uh, yeah, just there's a reason why I haven't quit my day job. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of people are in that same boat. Sure. 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 Well, hey, um, let's talk about the Cavs because the Cavs are rolling right now. They have won seven straight, eight of the last 10. They just were we recording this. Uh, well, Monday night the 13th is now Valentine's Day. John, happy Valentine's Day, John. Hey, happy Valentine's Day. I will uh, send you my card. Yes, my chocolates are in the mail. Um, they, they just comfortably beat the Spurs <laughs> 117 to 109. But let me just kind of give a little recap breakdown of what's gone into the seven-game win streak. We beat the Wiz 114 to 91. We thumped the Pistons. And Evan Moby's kind of had a, a moment. He had a, a stretch where he was just like undeniable playing the some of the best ball um both ends of the floor um thumped the pistons 11385 he had an incredible game um i think against the wizards it was around this time he he just balled out he, we 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 beat the pelicans 118107 defeated the bulls 97 to 89 and tonight again we just beat the spurs seven straight we are now three and a half games ahead of the falling nets or fourth in the east only one game back of the sixers which we play tomorrow depending on when you're listening to this, on Wednesday, February 15th in Philly, 7.30 p.m., the very last game for the Cavs before the All-Star break. John, you got to be feeling good about where the Cavs are at right now, man. And and they're, you know, we talked about a little bit before the break, they're kind of like projection through the last half of the season. Well, a couple things. I think they've kind of finally got in, into a groove. And after very inconsistent ball, they're finally playing better defensively uh offense is flowing more consistent motion uh more more motion excuse me 
a more consistent, like uh, passing the ball around. There's more rotations. Uh, JB's got something in a groove now. Um, you're seeing guys. It's funny. You look at the game like tonight against San Antonio. They were, especially that first half, they had a little rut in the third quarter. Game got a mm-hmm. little close there, and then they eventually pulled away. But you're seeing a lot of guys. Um, whereas before, if Donovan or Darius have the ball at the top of the three-point arc, when they first bring it up, you see a lot of guys at first standing around during that slump. There's a lot of guys moving without the ball now. And that's exactly what you want to see. Um, that's creating lanes. Um, that's that's creating, you know, some, you know, pick and pop stuff, some old school cast pick and roll of the Price Doherty era with uh, uh, Garland and Mitchell with Mobley and Jared Allen. Uh, you saw that tonight. And I think they're finally getting over that hump of inconsistency. Now, Grant, there's what, 22 games left in the season? There's going to probably be a few little small bumps, but the fact that they're making a run like this now, um, as we post deadline and before the All Star break, is is pretty solid to see. However, I will say this: two concerns that I do have. It's not all roses, Chase. It's not all. Uh, what would you call that? Roses and basketball rings and whatever. Yeah. Um, they they're doing these wins for the majority of them against bad teams. Okay, for the most mm-hmm. part. But that you will need to beat the bad teams. You need to beat the cupcakes, you know. So I, I need them to see more consistent teams, uh, you know, players that the, the roster just needs to be a little bit better of these caliber, right? Yeah, they, they beat Memphis, which was great. But, I mean, Indiana, Indiana, Washington, and Detroit, come on. You know, you got to beat those teams. But I need them to – before I can really, really get excited about this run, I need them to see the big, big team. I need them to see – play Philly yep. coming up here on Wednesday mm-hmm. before the break. And then they've got Denver at home after the break next Thursday. Here's my other concern is that can they continue, regardless of what happens with Philly, that Wednesday night game against the 76ers, can they keep this momentum going after the break? You're going to have a long layoff. You're going to have six days off. When they bounce back against that Denver game at home, that will be. A, I would like to see how this team is really made, being so young. You know, yeah. it was that all star gonna have an all star hangover? You know, I, I I don't know what the what the what Vegas would say about that game, but I that would be a very interesting um line to see how that would be in terms my, of my my bet is Cavs are favored by two and a half points. Really? See, I don't I don't know if they're gonna be favored against Denver, but you know, it just at home, we're really good at home. You are, but you're also facing one of the best teams in the league. Um, but we'll see we'll be together we'll see that night we're going to be together that night so I I think those are valid concerns here's what this win streak has done for me Um, you know it's confirmed that we are in a tier above the rest of the league that you look at the east standings and we belong in the top four teams in the east there's no doubt about it especially with this with the nets imploding and trading away and just kind of like folding um, on on the season, I mean, there's a clear distinction. And whenever you are in that top tier, you need to beat the Pacers, you need to beat the Pistons, you need to beat the Magic, the Thunder of the of of the world. You have to. Now I sound like Colin Coward, <laughs> um, <laughs> but you have to. And it's nice to know that even if this team that's so young, they kind of already understand that. Um, and and so I loved seeing them crush 
the Pistons. I loved seeing them beat the Wizards. I I like I I love like that's important for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, it's for their growth and like you don't like I think this happened a little bit last year. Some of those the, the team was kind of feeling feeling themselves a little bit, and then they started losing to teams like that. And next thing you know, oh crap! Now we're in the playing tournament. Yeah. That's not happening this year. No, and you you need to beat those teams. You're right, and it's good to beat them because you're giving confidence and you can work on some things and you're going to, you know, you work on, on, on a lot of different elements of your game. But when the time comes and you get like, you know, a good heat check time when you're facing those, those tougher teams that you could face deeper in the playoffs, that's when you really are going to grow even more. Yeah. It's not so much of a sink or swim situation with them because they do have those veterans on this team that can help them through that. Uh, you just need to, you just need to be tested and they need to get some of those big wins. And I don't really consider those wins against Boston early in the season that um big anymore because that was so long ago the league is just so much different now um those are great then uh and the well, i think they were up. big because they were mitchell's first couple games and yeah, garland was out sure. like i think that was huge for mitchell being the alpha which i think the team needed to find out at some point in the season and like those games solidified that week one of of the league and right we didn't have to figure that out like there wasn't a who's taking this who's taking that it was oh mitchell's the guy Oh, Mitchell's the guy. Oh, he's that guy. That's where it's at now. Mitchell's that guy. Right. And that's a fair point. I'm just saying in terms of the of the totality of having everyone healthy playing together, you know, which we haven't seen yet. The Celtics against, are a different team. Yeah. By the way, uh, a couple points. I mentioned this in the last pod, and it has been since updated of the remaining strength of schedule in the league. The Cavs have the ninth easiest remaining schedule in the league. Hey. According to the tank. You love to see it. You love um, to see it, uh, and and you love to see it. Hold on, real quick, Donovan Mitchell. We we can't understate what he's doing with this team right now. Well, hey, we can, can I interrupt you and just read this tweet from yeah, someone yeah. that um I, I don't remember who, um I just screenshotted the the text. It says, um, Donovan Mitchell's career season continues. His forty one points gives, and and I wish I knew who who said this. Mm. His sixth fortieth point game this season. The third most in Cavs history. He's played in just 49 games. Um, I, I wish I'd... Oh, wait, that was you. Yes, it was that really uh, good-looking, better-of-these-sable brothers guy in Fox 8 <laughs> that said that. Yes. But think about that. Read that again, Chase, and just really read that out loud again for our listeners and really put this in perspective, okay? His 41 points tonight against the Spurs gives him his sixth 40-point game this season. Which is the third most in Cavs history. <laughs> no one in Cavs history. He's played in 49 games. He's had six 40 point games and 49 games. And yeah. one of those he went for 71. 71. Yeah, I almost said 80. Yeah. 71 points. What's insane about that is keep scrolling down on that tweet and read the rest because that's even more eye popping, yeah. jaw dropping. So the. Uh, the record holder for most 40-point games in Cavs history is LeBron. He has 51 40-point games for the Cavs. Uh, Kyrie has 11. Um, mm-hmm. Mitchell has six. Now, I have to go back and to see out of those Kyrie's are 11 40-point games. I could have to see how many of those happened with LeBron. Okay, that's a different story. But think about this. Donovan Mitchell has 60 40-point games in such a small amount of time. If he stays healthy just the remaining of this current contract, he will shatter Kyrie Irving's record. 
Speaking of shattering records, here's another one. Do you see my other tweet? That uh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I won't steal your thunder like I did that. No, you go ahead. Read it. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go for it. Go, you, you. This is all John Sable. All right. So Donovan Mitchell's three-point shooting is absolutely uh, crazy right now. Yes. He, he's on pace to shatter the Cavs' all-time single-season three-point record. Um, and I remember when J.R. Smith set this record in 2015-2016, he has 204. That's the record of the most three-pointers three made in a single season. He broke Wesley Person's record of 192. That was set in 97-98. I remember when Wesley Person set that record, by the way. Mm. Um, I don't. <laughs> Chase is still in diapers. Um, that is not true. Oh, my uh, gosh. Donovan Mitchell has 178 right now. He is currently fifth most. At the All-Star break. At the All-Star break with 178. Uh, he passed Kyrie Irving tonight and that went against the Spurs who had 177. Next up for him to break is Mo Williams at 183, set Jeez. in 2008-2009. Um, so Donovan could – could what's that? Was, that was after the lockout. Uh, yes. So Donovan could theoretically tie – or break Mo Williams' record against the Sixers, or if not, it'll happen after the All-Star break. Next up on his list is Kevin Love with 187. That was set uh, last season, 21-22. And then, of course, goes Wesley Person and J.R. Smith. So you've got 22 remaining games. Donovan Mitchell, at this point, is going to have over 200 three-pointers and set a new Cavaliers single-season record. And his career season continues in his first season in wine and gold. (laughs) You know, if if only someone on the pod would have had the foresight to say he is the best shooting guard the Cavs have ever seen, that, you know, that would have been something. If 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 a host on this pod would have said that right when they had traded for him, that would have been something. It, it would have been something. Unfortunately, it wasn't you. What? I'm just kidding. It was you. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I do see your face on that one. Gosh, do, do I usually gloat this much? I don't know. No, man, you don't. But hey, you know, when you're on, you're on and you have the all the uh, all the time and and backing to do it. No, man. Uh, well, um, here's what I hope happens. I hope that we beat the Sixers on Wednesday. ESP at eight. Another big game. Uh, the last time we had a big game the, the that turned the season. We didn't even talk about the Memphis game. That was the right. game before the Wizards. So, oh, my gosh, how we did, that was like, I think. The day after our trade deadline megapod, which my I, sounded awful because I used the wrong mic when we recorded, um, the nut punch that changed our season. The, the nut punch that changed our season. Is, you gotta give that to some Cleveland T-shirt company. T-shirt. They're gonna go ahead and yeah. run that crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it, what a turning point! And that was a game that the Cavs were tested, but again, Memphis wasn't fully healthy, and they'd have their full roster there. But what a game to overcome and. Um, to, you get drilled in the groin, you're not going to walk away. I don't care who you are. And mm-hmm. I love that play by Donovan Mitchell. I love that. Kind of seemed to light a fire on the team. And yeah. they have been playing lights out. Even since. more so. I love that JB loved that he did that. Oh, JB he got the Junkyard Dog Award that night. Back, yes, he did. He did. Yep. Yep. Back in his players. Love to see that. Yep. Yep. Um, so... Another ESPN game. Get these young guys in front of some, in front of the, in front of the world, and and watch them grow and play a seasoned veteran Sixers team that is going to be in the playoffs as well. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. 
And I, I correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that ESPN game was picked up and they demoted the Heat Nets game after the trade of Durant and Irving. So that game is no longer on ESPN. Right. Sounds um, because, like a smart business decision. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that, I mean, Gosh. hey, listen, th- that game is going to be, it's going to be a good, good uh, exposure for this team. They're going to need yeah. it. Um, and we'll see what they can do. And then you got the all star break. And then the only thing you pray for the all star break is that everyone else stays healthy. And then, you know, Donovan Mitchell and who have been mobile playing the rising stars. So um, after that, um, you've got days off. And that's good. Um, that's going to get a lot of guys some rest and relaxation, which is big. And, um, you know, one thing I want to address, too, is people are like, well, why wasn't Kevin Love moved? And like we addressed in our Megapod and Sam alluded to this, too, there really wasn't a market for him. But if there was a guy that could have who's out of his rotation, maybe could have been moved. But they assured Kevin, that that wasn't going to happen, apparently. Yeah. Um, but I think we're also not understanding, too, how his thumb is still not 100%. And, you know, hey, they know when they need him. They know he could be that sharpshooter off the bench if he's healthy and he's not healthy, and they're they're clearly rolling without him. Um, really not a big concern, really not a big issue. Now you got Danny Green. So you, the chance of you seeing Love, I think, healthy in a game is still dwindling, even though uh, they would yeah. like to have him come back on that bench roll. But you don't need him now. Well, the chance of this podcast continuing is dwindling, John. Um, John, I love talking Cavs with you, man. I really do. Yeah, man. Let's wrap it up. It's uh, it's always a good time. I'm excited for our our uh, pod next week um, after the all our post All Star break pod that we'll be doing. All four of us will be together. Yes, yes. So we will not be recording uh, after the Sixers game unless it's just a triple overtime thriller. Then we'll probably have to throw something out there. Or if Donovan um, scores like 81. Or Donovan scores 81. Um, we're not going to record after the All-Star game. We're going to be in person recording our next podcast uh, up in Cleveland. And it's going to be incredible uh, for Sam's birthday. Um, John, you're incredible, man. You you truly are. You truly are incredible. Hey, man. I appreciate that. You're incredible as well. And uh, we got to get Sam a birthday gift. His birthday uh, is the 22nd of February, next Wednesday. Yeah. So all of our listeners, if you have ideas, tweet at us. Well, that does it for this episode of Cavs on the Break NBA podcast. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening. Shouts to the Pressway Podcast Network for making this possible. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Cavs on the Break. We always follow back at Cavs on the Break. Shouts to one last time DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app, signing up, promo code P3Cavs to receive $200 in gambling bets. Uh, Appreciate you guys gambling with us. Join our P3 betting group. Um, on DraftKings. Additional info is online at DraftKings.co. You can follow John on Twitter at John underscore Sable. Make sure to download and subscribe to the Sable Brothers on the Baseline podcast. You guys have some of the best guests on the network, John. I I must say, I always love uh, listening to what you guys do over there, man. uh, Any teasers for the next couple weeks? Yes, we are ready to drop one uh, this week uh, with an Olympic gold medalist. And then after that, we're going to go some baseball heavy with a legendary um, someone tied to Cleveland baseball. I'm not going to give that away. And then we're going to get before that, uh, we have some uh, we've got a former Cavs player uh, in connection here that's going to come on. And then uh, we've got an interesting pod that's detailing a topic among Cleveland sports uh, when it comes to the Browns and some Mm. history there with the stadium and everything i'll leave it at that interesting interesting the uh 
the Cavs baseball pod, not the Cavs, the Guardians baseball <laughs> pod, um, would that be someone that I know? Uh, you know of him, but you do not know him personally. Okay, so I haven't talked to this person lately. Never. Because we're going to be dropping some really incredible Guardians news on the network here the next week or so that I can't wait to share with everyone. And I was just curious if it might have been the same. Person. No, 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 no. Not not that person. And I'm excited for that announcement. This person is someone that I 100% guarantee everybody listening to this podcast that is a Cleveland baseball fan knows. Oh my gosh, you didn't you didn't get him, did you? You did. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I don't, I don't know who you're referring to. All right, well, we'll but... talk after we, after we sign off here. Um, but yeah, uh, good stuff. Uh, John, can't wait to see you, man. Glad you're back. Glad you're healthy. And uh, I'm sure we'll be texting sometime the next couple of days. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah, probably man. tomorrow. Good chat as always. Appreciate everyone listening. Thanks so much, Chase. Can't wait to see you guys yeah. next week. And thank you for listening. Hey, Junkyard Dog Award right here. John Sable. Congratulations. We're on Mike Breen. Take us out. Congratulations, Cleveland. Your decades-long wait is finally over. The Cavaliers are NBA champions.